This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. So Rodney, tell me about Joe McCarran, who he was and why he has been in the news. We don't know that much about Joe McCarran. He was 67 years old, living in Dunlow, County Donegal. He was a former radio DJ with a weekly show called Joe's Wild Atlantic Country Show. He was married to Una and was her carer as she is unwell. Put your trousers on, my friend. We are going home. You are safe. Is it your stuff there? Can you get that one as well, please? And you follow me. Nobody will, you stay behind me. Nobody will touch, okay? We know Joe believed in certain conspiracy theories. He didn't believe in COVID-19. He didn't believe the disease would kill him. Joe was part of an anti-establishment group that opposed the financial institutions, but in the last year had morphed into an anti-COVID, anti-vax group that has been spreading pandemic mistruths in the border area. A couple of weeks ago, Joe got ill himself. He contracted COVID-19 and was admitted to Letterkenny General Hospital with breathing difficulties. But Joe didn't want to stay in hospital and was encouraged to leave by anti-vaccine protesters. It's all your choice, Joe. Yes, if you stay here, they're going to fucking kill you, Joe. He's endangering your life by doing that. You're barely able to breathe now. We want you to stay to help you. I think he's saying something very dangerous. What he's saying is wrong and very dangerous. And I think he's endangering your life. It's a very difficult disease what you have. And uh, I'm not lying to you. You could die. But this would be your best chance in the hospital and getting the oxygen. But Joe didn't listen and left with the protesters. With, the assistance, with very little assistance required, I walked out the door of the Letterkenny Hospital and uh, I have no intention of going back. I'm going to get um, uh, self-medicated at home by, by uh, some professional uh, people and uh, advice from the most learned people in the land. Two days later, Joe was readmitted to hospital, worse than when he went in. If he had survived, he would have never talked or walked again. He took his last breath last Friday evening in the very hospital where medics pleaded with him to stay when men who had described themselves as his friends persuaded him to leave. I'm Kevin Doyle and you're listening to In Focus, the current affairs podcast from independent.ie. Today, Sunday Independent journalist Rodney Edwards tells us the sad story of the sceptic who died from COVID. So Rodney, long before he ended up in hospital, Joe McCarran was a COVID sceptic. He had been blinded by conspiracy theories. But then COVID came to his door. He ends up in Letterkenny General Hospital and he becomes very unwell very quickly. That's right. Um, he 
didn't believe that COVID would have an impact on his life. Uh, he got very caught up in the conspiracy theories and was influenced by an anti-establishment group, which had been initially set up to frustrate the financial institutions uh, around the repossessions of homes in the border region. But in the last year, that had uh, morphed into an anti-vax, anti-COVID group. And he, unfortunately, didn't realise how serious it would be. And he ended up in hospital. And as we know, um, a group of his so-called friends went into the hospital in a bid to remove him from there because they believed that the hospital was trying to kill him. And he believed that too. And once they got him out of the hospital, he recorded uh, a very distressing video. And we can hear that now. And you can clearly hear that uh, he's struggling to breathe. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a mess. So uh, I was told several times, I was told several times that uh, the only option would be to be sent to the ICU and that, that I would be put into an induced coma. And uh, one doctor said that uh, they would ventilate me for about 16 hours. And uh, I, uh, I disagreed with that too. I didn't. I would never allow myself to be to be uh, put into induced a coma by anybody. So that was Joe McCarran describing the rows essentially that he seemed to be having with doctors in the hospital because he didn't believe what they were telling him about his condition. He then leaves, and those people, despite what we can hear in that very distressing video, some of the people who actually helped him leave the hospital were also posting videos in which they say that they believed his condition was improving. No, within two days he was back in hospital because the disease had spread to his brain. If he had survived, he would never have walked and never have talked again. Like, actually, we have the pleasure to talk to Joe that we rescue from the hospital uh, because they were going to do the wrong treatment. Uh, Joe, as you can see, He's well, he's uh, well sound, he is like a good recovery after one hour. That's the voice of Antonio Murdo, who is an Italian far-right anti-COVID campaigner. He was one of the people in the hospital with Joe that day. And despite what we heard from him, Joe was seriously ill and died. Rodney, you mentioned Antonio Murdo. He is a member of this organisation or movement called the Common Law Information Centre. What exactly are they all about? Well, in Donegal, the Common Law Information Centre is very much a small movement. It was set up to oppose the repossession of homes, but now imparts COVID-19 falsehoods. And they've got uh, other groups throughout the country, you know, the Common Law uh, Information Centre would be in other uh, towns and villages and cities. And so Antonio Murdu, he, an Italian far-right uh, involved in Liga Nord, what's his role in all of this? How does he come to be so central to the story of Joe McCarran, a, a man who's lived in Donegal all his life? Well, Murdu is a very prolific anti-COVID campaigner, anti-vaxxer, and he would have appeared at many, many protests throughout Ireland over the last year, anti-lockdown protests, uh, anti-establishment protests. He believes that the government is trying to control all of us. So he'd be a very prolific 
individual uh, at the heart of a lot of uh, what we are discussing. And he has his links in Donegal through through the Common Law Information Centre. And from what I can understand, was asked to go to Donegal to remove Joe McCarran from hospital because he believed that if Joe McCarran stayed in hospital, then he was going to die. And he's had some run-ins with the law himself in the past. I, I know you've referenced in some of your writing, that there, there's footage of him arguing with Gardaí in the past. The, he's taken part in, in different protests in Galway and other parts of the country as well. Yeah. And in fact, the night that all of this happened, a circular uh, was issued to all Garda officers in the Donegal area to approach him with caution because they believed he was dangerous. And they were worried also that he had come into contact with somebody who was COVID positive. And they were worrying from a health and safety point of view where that may leave them. But he wasn't alone. And there were some local people involved in this common law information centre who also took it upon themselves to be, as they saw, the guardian angels for Joe McCarran, who took part in this. Tell me about some of those people. Well, there's an individual called Michael McGee, and he's no stranger to questioning authority. You know, in 2019, a court heard how he'd compared custom officers to those involved in the Holocaust. A quick look at his Facebook page and you'll see that he's been sharing posts on how this this so-called masked masked mandates are a big business. And earlier this year, he incorrectly stated in a post that if you take the jab, you get the slab. He also shared a post questioning if Joe Biden is actually real, claiming that he may be an actor on a hologram. And such is the extent of the inaccurate posts that McGee has been sharing on Facebook, that Facebook blocked one of them earlier this year for containing false information. Now you tracked him down to try and make sense of all of this, to try and see where exactly he was coming from and why he was peddling these mistruths. How did you get on? Well, I wanted to establish firstly, I wanted to definitively find out if he was in fact a member of the Common Law Information Centre. So I asked him and he replied, I maybe, yeah. And interestingly, though, despite appearing in footage at Letterkenny Hospital and in videos about the McCarran incident, he claimed he was not involved. Even though I told him that I'd seen the videos, his reply was, no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. But when he was asked again about a video specifically that shows uh, him and Murdo uh, talking about the incident, he questioned that and uh, then revealed that he may have recorded a video. So we were able to establish that, yes, he was, in fact, in this video, uh, but he refused to comment any further and said, uh, you know, you you will print what you are going to print anyway. This conversation is over. I have nothing more to say. A classic dismissal of mainstream media, if you like. Now, another of the people involved was a guy called Tom Dignan, and he was a former election candidate for Sinn Féin. Tell me about him. Yeah, Dignan stood unsuccessfully for Sinn Féin on three occasions. And he's a member of the group as well in Donegal. Uh, He would be very prolific on Facebook and he too would share a lot of inaccurate posts um, around the pandemic. He also posted about uh, uh, Mr. McCarran uh, and his condition in hospital, claiming that he did did not consent uh, to to being in hospital. Uh, And then interestingly, the next day, 
when uh, Mr. McCarran had been removed from hospital, he posted, anyone who believes they may have COVID-19 should stay clear of the hospital. So very much uh, a very outspoken critic of the uh, of, of, of COVID-19 and of the vaccination process. He was very proud of the fact that Donegal has one of the lowest rates of vaccine uptake in Ireland. Obviously, Ireland is one of the best countries in the world in terms of uptake, but Donegal is one of the worst counties in Ireland. And he was particularly proud of that. Yeah. And again, he was reiterating in some of these Facebook posts that he didn't wish to be dictated to by what he described as the, the corrupt establishment. Um, he had run-ins with the law as well, going back uh, to 2019. He had an appearance at Letterkenny District Court. What happened on that occasion? Well, he faced a number of motoring charges, which he described as legal fiction in court. And those included having no insurance, no driving license, and holding a mobile phone when driving. And when the case was adjourned, Dignam asked the judge if he could have €1 million euro to return to the court. So for the piece you wrote in the Sunday Independent last weekend, you also tracked him down. What did he uh, say to you? Well, he refused to comment as well. And that was just before uh, Mr. McCarran had died. So I contacted him again uh, following that death. And I asked him if he took responsibility for the Common Law Information Centre's role. And he replied that he was at a funeral and he had absolutely no comment to make. And he hung up. A private funeral for Joe McCarran took place last weekend. Rodney, tell me about what was said and what happened at that funeral. Well, it was a very sad day for the community. It's a very small, uh, close-knit community in Dunlow. And people, mourners, were shocked and saddened that they were there. This had happened. Um, Father Eddie Gallagher talked about it being a very sad day, um, saying that everyone who was there was brokenhearted. He said that the, the best gift, the only gift that they could give to Joe McCarran was, was their prayers. And he talked about the person who would miss Joe the most was going to be his wife, Una. And we have to remember also at the heart of the story is, is a, a family mourning the loss of a man who was sucked into these conspiracy theories. What also happened at the funeral, which was quite concerning, was there were several people who were asked to leave because they were not wearing face masks. So even on this day, when everyone was gathered to say goodbye to to a man who who had been brainwashed by mistruths, by pandemic mistruths, um, they continued to push this anti-COVID, anti-mask agenda. Have Joe's family said anything or given any, I suppose, picture of what they believe happened to Joe in his last days? The family are very angry and they're sad. They believe that the people behind this behaved in a reckless way. Uh, I spoke to a family friend who told me that essentially Joe had been dumped at home by his so-called friends and told, there you go, Joe, get on with it. Good luck. So they talked about how disgusted they were with, with all of that, how Joe was sitting at home struggling to breathe. And then when he got into hospital, he was there thinking the hospital was out to kill him. 
So they're utterly appalled that this was a mad notion, they said, uh, from someone who, who's been described as a very good person, someone who let himself believe that what he was being told was the truth. What about the hospital? Um, people walked in and helped remove Joe McCarran from the hospital. Have they said anything? Hospital staff are still reeling from the past week and I've spoken to some of them and one in particular talked about how the day job is difficult enough. You know, they're having to manage sick people, they're having to manage the infection control. And the last thing they need is, is people coming in to disrupt everything, but in such a destructive, dangerous way like this. Senior Garda has been appointed to oversee an investigation into an incident during which a COVID patient was encouraged to leave a County Donegal hospital against medical Gardaí advice. have in the last couple of days said that they're going to investigate this. What type of an investigation is that likely to be? Do we know? Well, I understand that they're expected to speak to a number of people involved in the events leading to uh, Joe McCarran leaving hospital. Uh, they're going to uh, question uh, people, not necessarily individuals just in Donegal, but it could be in other parts of the country who may have been involved in this incident. Uh, and I think they're taking it very seriously. They're working, I suppose, in, in uh, you could say, in collaboration with the hospital. So they need to speak to um, people at the hospital, they need to work out how this was able to unfold and uh, if there are any um, uh, lessons that can be learned from this. And uh, Garda, a spokesperson, told me that they're actually investigating a number of recent incidents which occurred at Letterkenny University Hospital. And they've now appointed a senior investigating officer who's going to oversee the whole thing. And finally, Rodney, I think that in many ways we have been looking and hearing about misinformation since the start of the pandemic, really. Uh, but this is the first story of this type that we've had in Ireland, or certainly of this seriousness where a man has has died in circumstances which now warrant a Garda investigation. What has the reaction been? What what has the pickup been? Because I know it's got some international headlines and I suppose what happens next? Well, this has been a, a, a huge story uh, for Ireland. Uh, it's been, I suppose, a wake-up call for a lot of people that they realise that, you know, COVID mistruths and, and, and uh, fake news, if you like, uh, around the pandemic are right there. But maybe they just didn't necessarily believe that it's happening right here in this country. But it is. And I saw even at the weekend when um, our story uh, was published in the Sunday Independent, the reaction that it got. I mean, I, I genuinely thought I would get a lot of negative uh, messages and negative tweets from people who maybe would have the same view as some of those who are involved in this incident. But in fact, it was the opposite. I, I got a very positive reaction from people who believe that this type of thing needs to be challenged. You know, there are ordinary people who are being sucked into these conspiracy theories. And I completely understand those who want to challenge authority, they want to question decisions by governments, and they want to ask questions of the health service, and that's completely fine. But what we've noticed is that there are people, ordinary people, who want this type of thing challenged, and they want these dangerous and mistruths, these very destructive mistruths, they want all of that exposed because they fear that there may be another Joe McCarran incident. That was Rodney Edwards, and you can follow his writing on that story and other stories of COVID sceptics in the Sunday Independent. 
I'm Kevin Doyle, and this week In Focus was produced by Mary Carroll, researched by Tabitha Monaghan, engineered by Gavin Hennessy, with sound design by John Smith. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Listener.